This is the Prosper Stronger Podcast, a community where LDS women gather to cultivate covenant connections and strive to be devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, and welcome back to the continuing conversation about what, in my opinion, it means to prosper stronger. And as you know, I've been using the scripture, if you keep my commandments, you shall prosper in the land, but if you keep not my commandments, you shall be cut off from my presence as the core of this principle, this podcast of of everything. But added this idea of stronger, how do we do all these things stronger? So we talked about keeping the commandments what it means to be in the land or the promised land and that covenant journey to the promised land. And then also what it means to prosper, this idea of prosperity in God's way and the ultimate goal of living in his presence forever. So we've talked about all those things, but let's look at this idea of being able to do these things stronger. And that maybe sounds a little strange because we might say, oh, well, we want to do it with more strength or we want to do it with more faith. But this idea of stronger, I feel encapsulates a lot of those things. So as I was thinking about strength, there have been times in my life where I have just felt really strong, really healthy, really like able to do anything, unconquerable. I could tackle it all. And then there have been other times when I have felt so defeated, so depleted, so weary that I didn't think I could take even one more step. And I am going to share some of those with you in the next, in some upcoming episodes. Uh, There was one story in particular that I'll be sharing with you. But there have been other times when I have literally been on the floor in my closet, laying face down, just not even sure that I had it in me to stand up and take even one more step to just face the overwhelming sorrow, the overwhelming burdens, the challenges, the trials, the afflictions, the pain, the suffering, everything. I just didn't think I could even take one more step. And it's happened many times throughout my life. And each time as I laid on the floor of my closet, I simply pled to my Heavenly Father and said, I can't do it alone. I cannot do this anymore. I don't even know what to do. And then somehow, somewhere, I drum up enough faith and enough strength to ask for help, to say, please help me. That was literally all I had. I couldn't be super eloquent in my prayer. I didn't have a lot of words. I just could say, help. And each time he strengthened me, I felt the power and the assurance through the Holy Ghost the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, the power of God come into me. And it wasn't always like huge amounts, but it was enough to eventually get myself up off the floor, stand up and take another step and then another step and then a third and a fourth and to keep going and eventually build more power and strength. And so that's where some of this idea of this prosper stronger comes from. It also comes from the scriptures. You know, I think about what it means to be strong And it means, of course, that we have power, that we have strength. And we think a lot of times in the scriptures, we think about Samson. You know, he was the strong man, the original bodybuilder or whatever. I don't think he actually worked out in the gym, but he had all the strength. But where did his power come from? Where did his strength come from? It came from God. It was a gift from God. And it only worked when Samson was obedient to the commandments of God, when Samson kept his part of the covenant, which was as simple as not cutting his hair. Now, there's a lot more to Samson's story, but if we think about it in just the simple terms, what happened to Samson was that through a 
process of deception, of manipulation, Delilah was able to get him to tell her the thing he was not supposed to share, not supposed to tell, or else he would lose his power. And she seduced him and he gave in and he lost that power and eventually lost his life. So as I think about Samson, even though it's not the perfect analogy, it does help me think that it's through the small and simple things that our power comes to us. It's like when we go to the gym and, or we run on the treadmill or whatever we do, we spend a lot of time in our culture. We spend a lot of time and put a lot of emphasis on taking care of our physical bodies, on exercising regularly, on nourishing them with certain foods or certain diets or protein shakes or whatever. And we have to do it daily. We know that we can't just one day decide, hey, I want to be strong. So I'm, I'm going to go work out for a couple hours. Maybe I'll condense it all into one day. So I'll just work out for eight hours. And then all of a sudden I'll have all kinds of muscles. We know that's not how it works. And that's not how it works for the Lord either. And that's not how it works for our spiritual strength in developing our spiritual muscles. And that's a really simple analogy. And I know it's been used a ton, but I think it works because it's true that it is through these small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and it made me think of that phrase differently, that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And I thought, you know what? If great things are brought to pass by small and simple things, then wouldn't the opposite also be true? That by small and simple things are destructive things brought to pass. Like Satan, he knows. He knows how to lead us with his flax and cords and slowly bind us and capture us, right? Bring us into bondage by small and simple things. And this conversation I was having with a friend, she was telling me about her brother-in-law and how he was strong and faithful. And, and then he went to go work in a certain environment. And it just so happened that in this environment, there were more men working there. It was mostly a male job because it required a lot of physical strength to do it. And it was risky and dangerous. And these men would use language that he wouldn't have used normally. And then they would go out in the evenings and they'd dream. And after a while, he wanted to fit in, right? Or whatever. who knows why he did the things he did, but he started to adapt to their culture and use that language. And then, you know, just take a drink here or there. And slowly through the process, he ended up switching jobs, but doing some other things that continued to be small and simple. And yet they slowly led him down a path that was away from God and to a point where he ended up breaking the law of chastity and being heart like devastated when the person that he did that with then broke up with him. And he couldn't see why. He didn't understand why all of this was happening. And yet from the outside, she and her husband could detail everything. They saw the path. They saw it happen. All these small things that he didn't think were an issue, but led him down this path. And he's still on the path, right? We don't know what will happen, but it made me think about these small and simple things. And I think it's true in all of our lives. My life and everybody else's, that when I feel stronger spiritually, it's when I'm doing the small and simple things. When I feel weaker or disconnected, or I'm not getting as many answers to prayers, or I'm not having as many spiritual experiences throughout the day, it's because I've become more casual, like I think it was Sister Craig, Michelle D. Craig, but mm, I don't quote me because I, I might be remembering that incorrectly, but more casual in my relationship with 
the scriptures or with my prayers or things like that. I'm still doing them, but they become more casual. And I know in order to get those spiritual connections back, I have to put more effort and be more devoted and intentional in what I'm doing. So those details matter. The heart matters. What we're doing makes a difference in our daily lives, in the very minutes. I actually attended some mindset and personal development seminars years back. And one of the teachers said, what you need to do is in order to be more intentional, to be more successful, to prosper more, is you need to mind your minute. Now, I am somebody that has always been pretty good at mapping out my day, right? I'll write down what I'm going to do, but I, I kind of would chunk it. You know, I'd say, oh, well, let's see. I want to do about 30 minutes for this and maybe an hour for that. And I still got a lot done. But this idea of minding my minutes was kind of one of those like big aha moments where I thought, oh my goodness, that's right. If I'm really more careful about each minute, what would happen then? And so I experimented with it. I still wrote things down, but I did it in five minute intervals and sometimes one minute intervals. And what I found was there was a lot more I could get done and it lessened my stress level. I was able to think more clearly. I was able to be more relaxed and I was able to give more time to the things that really matter because in minding my minutes, I could fit the other things I needed to do into smaller segments of time. And I would love to say that I've been doing it ever since, but you know what? I haven't. I still have to work at it and I have to remind myself because I do really good for a long time and then I think I'm doing so good. Oh, I don't need to write it down. Oh, it's okay. I've got this. I can just keep track of it in my head and I can for a little while, but then I again get more casual and start getting more distracted and it comes always back to minding my minutes. So what does that have to do with strength? I believe it has to do with building our strength through the small and simple things. On the flip side, I have, I think I've mentioned that my husband has chosen a different path. Since we were married, about five, six years after we were married, he got on the internet following the counsel of a church leader to get on the internet and defend the church. And so he thought, okay, I'm going to go do that. That's awesome. And he was being obedient. And so he started doing that. And as he spent more time doing that, things started to be brought up and, and he started to see posts or comments from other people. And then, you know, looked at one and kind of started going down that rabbit hole and then another and another rabbit hole and then another. And these small and simple things, as he did this, he spent more time going down those rabbit holes and reading the things that other people were putting out there instead of putting his time toward reading the Book of Mormon, instead of taking time to be sincere in his prayers, instead of going to the Lord and asking to know what was true so that he could identify the false from the true. And there were a lot of other things. But eventually this thing, because I approached him about it, I said, what, oh, what is this? I'm seeing some stuff on the computer here. What is this? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm just, I was just reading up on some things while I was defending the church, right? And I thought, oh, okay, well, I trust him. But in the course of those small and simple things, he got pulled further and further and further away. More flax and cords, more questions, more doubt. And as we know, we've been taught, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. But that was after, that was years after this started happening. And so he ended up on a path that took him away from God, 
away from his covenants and away from the truth that he knew. And I won't go into a lot more detail, but it's just all to the point of it's the small and simple things that we do every day that make the difference. You've probably heard the phrase, the devil is in the details. Well, if the devil is in the details, then the devil knows that the details are powerful and that the details matter. And so as we look at this idea of being stronger, as prosper stronger and increasing the strength we have, not only personally in our life, but the strength of Jesus Christ that we draw upon, we need to pay attention to the details. So before I go further down this road of the details and the day-to-day small and simple things, I want to go back to the definition of the word stronger or strong. And the Latin definition is interesting. It kind of surprised me a little bit. It says the definition of the Latin root is to stretch, to strain, or to reach. Now that is not what I originally thought about when I thought of strong. I'm like, oh, that means lots of muscle. You can lift things. You can carry things. You have fortitude. But this idea of stretching, straining, and reaching. But when you think about exercise, we go back to the analogy. What are we doing when we're exercising our physical muscles and trying to strengthen them? We are often stretching. We are straining them. So, you know, breaking them down so that they can then build up to be stronger. And we are reaching We are stretching ourselves and pushing ourselves beyond our current capacity to increase that strength. And so I love that. I was like, oh my goodness, I hadn't thought about that before. And then another definition is to, well, having physical active power, we know this, or great physical power, having the power of exerting great bodily force to be vigorous. And one of the references here, I'm looking at the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, and one of the references is from Psalms 144, verse 14. It says that our oxen may be strong to labor. So this idea of strength, right? We know we have the physical strength. We also know that we are supposed to serve God with our heart, might, mind, and strength, with our body and our mind, with effort, with all that we have. So we're not just talking about a spiritual strength here. We are talking about the physical strength, that we are to serve him with our bodies. Another definition of strong or stronger is having the ability to bear or endure, to be firm and solid. Now, isn't that what we are commanded to do? Isn't that part of the doctrine of Christ, to endure to the end, to be strong and steadfast in our faith, in our commitment, in our covenants, in our devotion and our discipleship? And then yet another definition is to be well fortified. What does it take to fortify something? It means we have to take the effort to build and bring in and shore up our strength like a fort. We have to do the work. And I know there's a marvelous talk on building our fortress. Go back and read that one if you want. But what do we do to build the fortress? And like Captain Moroni, who put forth the effort to strengthen his people, not just physically, not just in the buildings and the structures and the cities where they lived and dwelled, but spiritually as well. And that is where I'm kind of going with this, is this idea of strength is to fortify ourselves, to strengthen ourselves. Yes, physically, but more importantly, to strengthen ourselves spiritually in the day-to-day things so that we can endure to the end with faith. I'll add just one more definition, which I really love. This is, again, in the 1828 dictionary, and it says, eager, zealous, 
earnestly engaged. And so as we pair this idea of bringing in more strength, working to strengthen ourselves spiritually, but also then to strengthen our engagement. How much are we engaging with the gospel of Jesus Christ? How much are we engaging with our covenants? How are we doing at prospering, at inviting and living so that the Holy Ghost can be a constant companion with us? So all of this kind of ties in to the idea of the stronger peace. So prosper is what we want. That's where we want to go. That's what we want to have. The stronger element is what we need to do to get where we want to go. It's how we travel this covenant path. We want to travel it stronger. And in order to travel it stronger, there's a few more definitions that will help us. So another one is to be well-established, to be firm, or not easily overthrown or altered. So to me, that means to be truly committed, truly devoted and converted so that we are not deceived. We are not pulled off the covenant path, but we are sure. Our testimonies are sure, and we are built on the rock of Jesus Christ and his gospel. There are 22 definitions, so I'm only just sharing a few here. The next one is having great force of mind or intellect or of any faculty. And as I listen to this and read this, I think about how powerful our minds are. As I mentioned, we have been commanded to serve God with all of our heart, might, mind, and strength. And when it comes to being stronger, there's so many references to starting with our mind first, to start with the thoughts. It's the thoughts that determine our actions. And so we have to begin there when we talk about becoming stronger. So I already talked about this idea of minding our minutes, and that has to do more with the outward, what we do with our time, but we have to go back to our thoughts, what's happening inside our head. And we have so many scriptures that help us know what we need to do. We have in Doctrine and Covenants, section six, verse 36, where we are told, look unto me and to Christ in every thought. And then in Doctrine and Covenants again, section 121, verse 45, we're told, let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. That means all the time. That means the details. Don't let the devil get in the details of your thoughts by striving to have virtue garnish your thoughts unceasingly. Then also Matthew chapter six has so much that we can use to help us learn how to be stronger in our thoughts and in our intentions and in our heart. We learn there to let our eye be single to God. And then where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And of course, seek first the kingdom of God. And there's so much more in there. We also have a couple great talks that have been given by Elder Neil L. Anderson. The most recent was from April 2023, and it was titled, My Mind Caught Hold Upon This Thought of Jesus Christ. And he shares the story of Alma the Younger and how when he thought of Jesus Christ, his pain was taken away. And he felt the peace and he could turn to Christ. And eventually we know he felt exceedingly great joy and had a complete change of heart. And so Elder Anderson teaches us here in this talk that how important it is that we watch our thoughts. And I'm just pulling up the, the Liahona here. So this is one of my very, very, very favorite things to study. Along with the scriptures, I love the Liahona. I love the words prophet and apostles and church leaders. So Elder Anderson 
tells us that we need to secure our thoughts on Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm going to read a lot. This is a quote from him. He says, my prayer at this Easter season is that we will more consciously, so that involves minding our minutes, minding our mind, more consciously shape, strengthen, so there's that word, strong, strengthen, and secure this preeminent thought of Jesus Christ in the chambers of our soul, the very chambers of our soul. That's what drives us. That's the most sacred, the most deep part. That is our keep, right? That's where we lock things in. So in the chambers of our soul, allowing it to eagerly flow into our mind, guide us in what we think and do, and continually bring the sweet joy of the Savior's love. Filling our mind with the power of Jesus Christ does not mean that he is the only thought we have. So he's saying it's okay. You don't have to think about Jesus all the time, every day, 100% of the time. We can't even do it. It's just not possible for our human bodies to do that. And frankly, in order for us to survive, we can't, you know, we have to think about what we're going to make for dinner. And we have to think about our children and our family and all the things that sometimes we need to take care of. So he's acknowledging that, which I appreciate. Then he goes on. But it does mean that all our thoughts are circumscribed in his love, his life and teachings, and his atoning sacrifice and glorious resurrection. So to me, that means that Jesus Christ, the thought of Jesus Christ, circumscribed means everything is encapsulated in it. Everything is viewed through that lens that that thought of Jesus Christ is always with us and we use it as we think about our family, as we think about the things we need to do, as we think about what we're going to make for dinner, all those things that it is there. We, we keep him in the back of our minds and in the front of our minds that he is always there with us. And I love that Elder Anderson says, Jesus is never in a forgotten corner. So we don't just say, okay, I got up, I said my prayers, I read my scriptures for a few minutes, check, we're done. Now I'm off to the rest of the world. I'll catch up with you later, Jesus, maybe tonight. But know that we frame our lives with our focus on Jesus Christ. So as Elder Anderson again said, Jesus is never in a forgotten corner because our thoughts of him are always present and all that is in us adores him. And then he, here's some ideas. We pray and rehearse in our mind experiences that have brought us closer to him. So maybe when you're doing the dishes, you can think, what has happened today that has helped me come closer to Christ? Or maybe in the last week, or what experiences have I had over my life that have helped me come closer to Christ? We do this, hopefully, as we partake of the sacrament and we ponder. Maybe when we're driving. There's just so many times when we could pull out these thoughts and keep Christ at the forefront of our mind. Another idea, Elder Anderson says, we welcome into our mind divine images, holy scriptures, and inspired hymns to gently cushion the countless daily thoughts rushing through our busy lives. So we do have so many daily thoughts. I don't know about you, but I wake up with a ton of thoughts of everything that has to get done that I have to be doing that day. And then I go to bed with the list of everything that didn't get done that has to roll over to the next day. I mean, it is constant. And if you're a woman and a man, but I think for women especially, we are just constantly bombarded by all the daily thoughts of everything that has to be done. And so how do we do it? How do we have the strength to keep going? How do we have the wisdom to know what to focus on? Well, he's telling us here, we keep Jesus Christ to the forefront of our thoughts. And then he goes on, our love for Jesus Christ does not shield us from the sadness and sorrow in this mortal life, but it allows us to walk through the challenges with a strength far beyond our own. There it is again. 
strength. And you and I need the strength. I needed strength when I was on my floor and couldn't keep going. I needed strength today. I needed strength last weekend. I was worn out doing all kinds of good things, but so tired. I needed the strength. We all need strength. We can do so much, but sometimes we just run out and we need extra help. And the secret and the key is to focus on Jesus Christ, to draw on the power that is available through him. And so as I look at this concept again and ponder on this idea of strength and being stronger, it ties into power. When people are strong, they have power. When a machine is strong, it has more power. So strong and stronger is another word for me of power. And President Nelson loves power. If you've been studying his words, if you've been listening to his talks, he uses the word power a lot. As a matter of fact, I remember one of his talks, it was Christ is risen, faith in him will move mountains. In fact, I actually counted up how many times President Nelson used the word power in that talk, and it was 14 in just one talk. He loves and knows that there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there is power in our covenants, and there is power available to each and every one of us if we will do the work to receive it, to access it. He's told us the Lord loves effort, and we have to have stronger effort. That's really what this idea of being stronger is about. And why does having the strength matter? Well, President Nelson has been warning us. He's been telling us. But also, Elder Anderson gave another talk. The talk just preceding the one in April was October 2022. And in it, he says that we need to draw the power of God into our lives. And one of the things we need to do is to safeguard the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Elder Anderson says, quote, in this sacred quest to draw the power of Jesus Christ into our lives, we treasure, protect, defend, and safeguard the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, going back to what it means to prosper, or at least one meaning of it is to have the Holy Ghost with us, to have God's presence with us. So in order to draw on the power that's available to us, we have to be able to have the Holy Ghost with us. And what do we do? We need to treasure. So do you treasure the gift of the Holy Ghost? When was the last time you thanked Heavenly Father for this gift? Or just take a minute right now. How do you feel? How has having the gift of the Holy Ghost influenced your life, blessed your life, made a difference in your life and in the lives of your loved ones? So we treasure the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then we protect it. Okay. So to protect it, what do we do? We have to safeguard what he says here, safeguard it and defend it. How do we do that? By what we allow into our minds and into our hearts, what we allow in our eyes. Are we keeping our eyes single to the glory of God? Or are we allowing things into our eyes that are going to force the spirit to leave or into our ears or what's coming out of our mouths? Are we defending and safeguarding this precious gift that we have? Elder Anderson goes on to say, both President M. Russell Ballard earlier and Elder Kevin W. Pearson just moments ago spoke of President Nelson's prophetic warning that I will repeat again, quote, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift beyond price. It's priceless. He says, we do our very best to protect our daily experiences. So there we are again, daily experiences. So the influence of the Holy Ghost remains with us. This is Anderson talking. 
We are a light to the world, and when necessary, we willingly choose to be different from others. So what he's telling us is we have to put on the armor of God. Armor was used in days of old, and and now it just looks different, to protect us, to provide added strength. That's what we have to do. We have to add strength. We have to put on the armor of God, protect, defend, safeguard, and treasure the gift of the Holy Ghost so that we can have increased power and increased strength and we can survive spiritually. We also had a talk from Elder Renland. And if you remember, he told a story about the Amazon River and how there was a time twice a year where this phenomenon happens called the Pororoca or the Great Roar where the waves, the the tidal wave moves up the river and it actually flows upward. So Elder Rendlin tells us we can be strong like the Pororoca. He says, like the Amazon, with heavenly help, we can do seemingly unnatural things. After all, it is not natural for us to be humble, meek, or willing to submit our wills to God. Yet only by doing so can we be transformed. And if we want to dwell with Heavenly Father for eternity, if we want the ultimate prosperity, the ultimate goal, then we want to be transformed to become like him. So going back to Elder Renland, he said, if we want to be transformed, return to live in the presence of God and achieve our eternal destiny, then we have to be like the Amazon. However, unlike the Amazon, we can choose whether we yield to heavenly powers or go with the flow. Going against the flow may be difficult, but when we yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and put off the selfish tendencies of the natural man and woman, we can receive the Savior's transforming power in our lives, the power to do difficult things. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of difficult things in my life, and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. I don't think, like I used to, I remember thinking when I was 16 years old, my mom had had cancer for five years and she passed away, I remember thinking, oh, okay, I've had my big trial. Everything's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I don't think that anymore. (laughs) I just kind of think, all right, once I get over this mountain, there's likely to be another. And that's okay, because I can look back and see that it's in climbing the mountains that my strength increases. It's in climbing the mountains that I grow and I become and I draw closer to heaven and to heavenly father. And you can do it too. We all have difficult things. So we all need the power of Jesus Christ. We all need heavenly help. Then Elder Renlin continues. He quotes President Nelson, who says, Each person who makes covenants in baptismal fonts and in temples and keeps them has increased access to the power of Jesus Christ to lift us above the pole of this fallen world. In other words, Elder Renlin goes on, We can access the power of God, but only when we connect with him through sacred covenants. And so as we think about power and this idea of power and strength, we also can relate it to powering up our cell phones, right? In order for us to be able to use those, we have to plug in. We have to power them up and we have to do it daily. At least I do. My battery on my phone doesn't last for two days. I have to plug it in every day. Same goes for us. If we want the strength, if we want the power, it must be a daily effort. And It must be connected to our covenants. When we study President Nelson, he talks about the power, like I've mentioned, but he always ties it back to our covenants. Elder Renland was talking about accessing God's power through our covenants, and we prosper through our covenants. Our covenants are the tool Heavenly Father has given us to be able 
to access his power, to be able to prosper. And the covenants are what bind us to him. It creates a powerful bond. Rather than being bound by the flaxen cords of Satan, we want to be bound to Jesus Christ. We want to bind ourselves daily to Jesus Christ. This is where the strength comes. Christ is the source of all the strength that we need. He provides it for all of us because of his atonement. But we have to do our part to access it. We have to do our part to strengthen ourselves so that we can then be bound to him and access his strength. And so to me, it's those principles that come together. And President Nelson, he says, it is our faith that unlocks the power of God in our lives. And then, thank goodness, he says, it it doesn't require perfect faith, yay, for us to have access to his perfect power. But he does ask us to believe. So what President Nelson did, and this is in that talk again, Christ is risen, faith in him will move mountains. He calls us to act because faith is a principle of action. And he says, I call to you this Easter morning to start today to increase your faith. Through your faith, Jesus Christ will increase your ability to move the mountains in your life. And doesn't moving mountains take a lot of power? Doesn't it take a lot of strength? Well, he is saying that it's there and it's available to us that we can move the mountains with his help, with his strength, with his power. So as we seek to prosper, we're going to work to tap into that power and increase our faith and increase the actions we take because of our faith daily, minding our minutes, letting virtue garnish our thoughts, being careful about our thoughts and being intentional about them, deciding what we want to put into our heart and into our minds. And as we do so, President Nelson says, your mountains may be loneliness, doubt, illness, or other personal problems. Your mountains will vary. And yet the answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. And that takes work. Lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. Lazy is not strong. People that don't exercise don't gain strength. He's telling us here we need to exercise. We need to muster first and then exercise on a daily basis. And then he goes on to say, to do anything well requires effort. Becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ is no exception. Increasing your faith and trust in him takes effort. And he gives us five things we can do to increase our faith. First is study and immerse ourselves in the scriptures and in the words of the prophets so we can know the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The second one is to choose to believe in Jesus Christ. That's a choice. And what we're here doing is we are going to choose to not just study and believe, but to actually take action, which is this third thing. So we make these choices to change, to take that action. And then the fourth thing is to partake of sacred ordinances. Those come as a result of our covenants. And then the fifth thing is to ask Heavenly Father for help. All these things he is teaching us to do so that we can have greater access to the power of God, so that we can have more strength so that we can move forward toward prosperity and we can do it stronger. So what are the the three components of the stronger aspect? I know I've talked a lot about a lot of different ways we can look at it, but to me, what it comes down to is that we are working to bind ourselves to Christ and we are trying to do it daily. So it's three things. First, it's our daily efforts to draw close to Jesus Christ, to draw his power into our lives and to strengthen ourselves 
strengthen our testimonies, strengthen our understanding, strengthen our desire, all these things and more. So it's our part, it's our work to increase and strengthen our effort. Then as we do that, that binds us more tightly through our covenants to Jesus Christ. So we want to strengthen our covenantal relationship by leaning into our covenants, by asking Heavenly Father, how can I better keep my covenant today? What can I do to be a covenant-keeping woman more fully? We can ask, we can follow what President Nelson says and ask for help. And I guarantee that the Lord will answer because of my own experience. He has done this for me as I have gone to him and asked that very question. And then the third thing is that we then trust and rely and access the power of Jesus Christ and invite it into our lives. And we learn how to not only access it, but what is really available to us. The more I study, the more I realize that there are powers available to me and to you through our covenants that I never even imagined. And because of that, I know that there are a lot more that I still am clueless about, that I have no idea. And so it's exciting to think, oh, of the power I have already experienced, of the strength, of the help, of the protection, of all these things, I know I'm just at the tip of the iceberg. And I think President Nelson knows that. He has much more life experience than I do, likely than you do. And he is trying to tell us, he's trying to help us understand, do this, lean in, increase your ability to receive personal revelation, increase your faith, take action, increase your effort, increase your ability and invite the Holy Ghost to be your constant companion by what you do each day. Be mindful of your daily actions and thoughts. Mind your mind. Invite the power of the temple, of the scriptures, of the word of God, of obedience, of faith, of so many other things that he teaches us about power. And I'm going to go into that as we do more of these episodes. But I believe that President Nelson has experienced the power and he is trying so desperately to help us do the work so that we too can experience it, that we can have power of God with us always, that we can prosper stronger and not give in and not let the devil get into the details and take us down mysterious and darkened paths. But instead, we can have the power and the strength to be faithful, to stay on the path, the fortitude to endure to the end and to answer the call that Heavenly Father gives you and gives me that we can become the women he needs us to be, that we can answer the plea that President Nelson issued to us in October 2015. The President Kimball, in his message that was delivered by Sister Kimball, has prophesied about that we can be supported in our trials and afflictions, that we can be stronger together, that we can be stronger in our faith, stronger in our conversion, stronger in our power, stronger in our discipleship, stronger in our relationship, stronger in our families, stronger in our covenantal bond with Jesus Christ, and that we can all be stronger together as we seek and strive to prosper stronger. That is my prayer. That is my hope. And we don't have to do it all at once. We can just do the 1% better. And that is doable. It's doable for me. I know you can do it too. I am so grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for the covenants that we receive in our temples. 
and that we have the opportunity to go back and draw on that power again and again and again. I'm so grateful for our loving Heavenly Father who endows us with power and then makes even more power available to you and to me, who knows that we need added strength, who hasn't left us here alone, but has given us everything we need to keep walking, to keep going. I hope you will stay on this journey with me. But if you don't, it's okay. Just stay on the journey to eternity. I do invite you to come and go visit prosperstronger.com. I've got a free resource there to help you with your personal revelation that, again, is not because I am a genius, because I'm not. It's from President Nelson, from Richard D. Scott, and from others who have shown the way. And I know that the Lord desires to show you the way in your life. So go to prosperstronger.com, get your free personal revelation resource, and I hope you will join me again. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for mustering and continuing in your faith and in your strength. Thank you for joining the Prosper Stronger podcast today. We hope that you have felt inspired and empowered. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. I also invite you to join me at prosperstronger.com where you will find free resources to help you grow and learn as well as join in our discussions where we go deeper into some of the things that we talk about here on our podcast. Remember that you are loved and cherished by Heavenly Father who wants you to prosper and thrive. Until next time, may you continue to cultivate covenant connections with God, with others, and with yourself, and find strength in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 